Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. Mark 5. Then they came to the other side of the sea, this is talking about the Sea of Galilee, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had been who had his dwelling among the tombs. And by the way, you can tell demon spirits do this. They love death. They love uncleanness, filthiness, and such. And you can sometimes tell when a person becomes filthy and, and smelly, and they don't even realize how dirty things are around them and such. You can tell that there's been usually unwittingly a, a giving of place to the demonic. And so here's a man living among the tombs, among the dead, and such. Just very strange, very morbid. And so, uh, but you can tell that he has an unclean spirit. So it goes on to say, uh, he was had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because of uh, he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. So you can see that this man, he's not, you know, uh, a professional bodybuilder or, you know, a wrestler. No, this is demonic power. These demons are giving him a superhuman strength to be able to break chains and shackles. That's not normal. Verse 5, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. See, that's another thing that the devil does to us is to self-mutilation, self-harm, harming other people, but harming ourselves as well. Why? Because the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's true for Satan. It's, it's also true for all the demonic. So verse six, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now you think, well, what kind of worship is that? What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? Well, when it says he ran and worshiped him, he didn't mean that he started singing a worship song. Hallelujah. No, this means he ran and bowed down to him. So you've got, remember, you've got this, the spirits, the demons, but then you've got the human being that's being controlled by the demons. See, so the human beings kneeling down, it's because these demons are coming, they see Jesus, and they know who he is. And so they said, uh, have you come to, to uh, torment me? And so I implore you by God that you do not torment me, that this is this demon talking. Verse 8, for he said to him, watch this, for he said to him. In other words, Jesus had already said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? See, and so uh, the demon answered and he said, my name is Legion for we are many. So notice it's not just one demon. That's why I was saying spirits because 
This is a whole legion of demons. And of course, this may not be exactly a legion or 6,000, but there are many, could be hundreds, could be thousands of demons in this man. My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would uh, not send them out of the country. So notice, these demons believe that Jesus could send them completely out of the country. And he could. Verse 11, Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains, so all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. Notice, these demons know that Jesus is in charge, and they're going to have to do whatever he says to do. Verse 13, And at once Jesus gave them permission. Now, I think that's important. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Now, why is that? Jesus is very clearly saying, this man right here is worth more than all those pigs. See, sometimes people try to equate animals with humans as if we're just part of the animal kingdom and we just sort of evolved and everything. Absolutely not. We were created in the image and the likeness of God himself. God created us in a special class. And you can tell by the way that Jesus talks about the animals he said, your father feeds the birds of the, world, birds of the world every day. Of how much more value are you than what? Than all the birds of the world. See, one human being is, is much more valuable to God than all the birds of the whole world. Doesn't mean he doesn't like birds. It just means that we're in such a special class to God, a, a special category. He loves us. And it's just the value of human life. God created us to be like him. So immediately or at once, Jesus gave these demons permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 and the herd ran violently. They ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. I've heard people say those pigs were smarter than the man. They knew we're not going to stay demon possessed. We're going to go die. Well, I don't think so. I think these demons drove those pigs down into the water and killed them. And that's just the demonic nature to do that, to destroy. Verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed. Everybody knew who this was, because he was always outside the city in the tombs, crying out naked and cutting himself and screaming and breaking chains. Everybody knew that this person was famous. And watch this. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Why? It freaked them out. What could have delivered this guy and healed this guy? Watch this. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him, Jesus, to depart from their region. Notice, they're afraid. Instead of saying, stay and teach us, stay and deliver us, stay and heal us, they didn't. They begged him to leave. And so what happened? And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you 
and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis, that's 10 cities, all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So people all over these 10 cities marveled. These were pagan cities on the, let's see, on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, pagans, but they heard the gospel through this demoniac who, whom Jesus delivered. And verse 21 says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat, what does that mean? These people begged him to leave and he left. All we have to know, if we don't invite the Lord, then he won't force himself upon us. It's a privilege when God wants to speak to us. I mean, just reading God's word every day. It's a privilege for him to speak to us. And we need to keep inviting him back. Come, Lord, stay. Teach us more, Lord. Help us to understand your word. So when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. Oh, this is a good story here. Two good stories, in fact. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Boy, there's faith in that. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. Watch this. And she will live. He is declaring faith. So, verse 24, so Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. Notice, didn't say she suffered from her illness. She did. But this said she suffered many things from many physicians. Physicians were, well, they were practicing. They were trying things. They were experimenting. And she was suffering from what they were trying to do to stop the bleeding that was happening from this lady. It said she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. She spent all her money trying to get delivered, trying to get healed. And uh, she was only getting worse. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, oh, can you imagine people saying, he's healing the sick. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Where'd that faith come from? Right there, it says, when she heard about Jesus. So somebody told her about Jesus And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody told her about what Jesus was doing and saying. And guess what? She got enough faith to say, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be made well. So just like Jairus said, my daughter will live if you'll come and lay your hands on her. This lady said, if I can touch your clothes, I'll be made well. Listen to this. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. She could feel the change. And it goes on to say in verse 30, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. Jesus knew. It wasn't just somebody that tapped him here and there. Jesus knew somebody touched me in a different way because I felt power go out from me. Isn't that interesting? So verse 32, and he looked around to see 
her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She's explaining this story, 12 years of suffering, and she's explaining all this. Watch this. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Well, the Bible said he felt power go out from him. Well, Jesus knew that it was the power of God that healed her. But what Jesus is saying is, but it was your faith that triggered that. Just like, you know, I can't make a light bulb pop on, but I can flip the light switch and then the electricity goes to the bulb and it'll come on. This woman couldn't release power. I mean, she didn't have the power to do it, but Jesus had the power, but she could trigger that power with her faith. If only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Then she got up there and touched his clothes and it released the power of God. And so that's why Jesus said, you did that. You know, if somebody goes and turns the light switch on and the light comes on, you say, why did you turn the light on? And they could say, I didn't turn the light on. I just flipped that switch. <laughs> well, yeah, but that switch is what turned the light on. This is exactly what Jesus is saying. He said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now watch this. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Can you imagine standing there listening to this woman go through 12 years of this whole story while your daughter's on her deathbed? And he said, uh, and, and while Jesus was still finishing up with this lady, somebody came and said to the ruler, of the synagogue, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Come on, let's go home. But watch this, verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Notice, these words came into Jairus's ears. Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? It's over. And as soon as Jesus heard those words, he knew what those words would do in the heart of Jairus to completely annihilate his faith. So what did Jesus do? He immediately sent some other words into his heart. He turned to him and he said, do not be afraid, only believe. What does that mean? Not hope, not partially believe. No, do not be afraid. No fear, all faith. That's what he said. Do not be afraid, only believe. And you don't hear Jairus open his mouth and say another word. See, he had said what he's going to say, and Jesus caught him before he could speak and say, she's dead, she's dead, she's dead. See, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And Jesus knew I got to catch those words and arrest them before they, they annihilate his faith. Okay, now watch this. By the way, we can learn from this, not just learn from these people receiving, but learn from Jesus and how Jesus deals with people with words of truth and faith. So it goes on to say, and verse 37, and Jesus permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. Well, why? Because the, the girl had died. Verse 39, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Now, did Jesus not realize that she was dead? No, Jesus heard them. He knew she was dead. But he's declaring faith that, you know, if somebody's sleeping, you can wake them up. 
And Jesus is declaring, I'm going to wake this girl up. I'm going to get her up. So he's declaring his faith. The child is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 40. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, and I think this is important because atmosphere is important. And you can't have all these people with unbelief in this atmosphere. He put them all outside. He took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him, Peter, James, and John, and entered where the child was lying. And he took the child by the hand and said, you remember Jairus said, if you'll come and lay your hand on her, she'll be healed and she'll live. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given her to eat. What do you think? See, Jesus, all oh, he taught us how to walk in faith and not to allow circumstances to rock us, even in the face here of death, even in the face of death. God's word is powerful. The authority in Jesus' name is powerful. And Jesus even told his disciples, you can go and raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. We have much more authority in the name of Jesus than we give ourselves credit for or that we give his name credit for it, to be more exact. Well, praise God for another powerful chapter, chapter five. I look forward to tomorrow. Chapter six is another doozy. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com slash give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple-making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit SolidLives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.